millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome to our, po- our weekly podcast of Curran View with the Idle Billsborough and Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening to us free in the first half on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via either Apple or become a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View and Facebook The Current View or join our group which is 2.8 thousand members strong. So thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. How you doing mate? Fine, thank you. I've just uh, moved. Yeah, how's the just new about house? a mile further down the road, so still getting things done in here, doing a bit of decorating. Yeah. How's the uh, cooker? And, sorry? How's your cooker? You had to get your cooker yesterday, Yeah, you? I'd go and get a cooker, yeah. Um, still, I haven't got it connected yet. I've got to, still waiting for a guy to come and connect it, which he says tomorrow, so that, that'll be done tomorrow. Get the carpets in, and then we'll be up and running and uh, back to normal. Up and running TC, magic moments. What did you source for us this week? Again, uh, even without the Premier League, there's been some fantastic goals and yeah. a, a technical uh, ability from all different types of players. But I've gone for uh, Benik Afobi's goal against um, West Brom. Yeah. Great through ball, flicks it outside of his foot, over the kid's head, comes back across him and puts the ball in, in, into the uh, West Brom. West Bromwich Albion's goal, mm. which may may have put the uh, nail in the coffin for the manager because um, he's gone now. And I, I watched West Brom against Barnsley about a month ago, yeah. and oh, it was one of the most boring football matches I've, I've ever seen. You know, and uh, they've had a they've had a, a nightmare run as um, West Brom. But when, when I look at Team Black West Brom, because I played against Team Black West Brom, they've always had quality uh, and, and, and attractive players. Always played. Try to play some great football. Yeah. Obviously, they've had little balanced spells with certain different types of managers. But uh, this guy, I can't pronounce his name. He was at Barnsley. I think it was a one-off uh, for him. But once you start to manage these bigger clubs, no respect to Barnsley, the pressure's not on there at Barnsley. No. Yeah. In football terms, it, every, there's always pressure at clubs through the fans. But, you know, uh, in that league, West Brom, <clears throat> coming out of the... Um, Premier League, I have the Premier League money behind it for, for three seasons, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot more pressure on them to, to achieve bigger things and to get back into the Premier League. But uh, I'm not saying it's turned out a bad season, but um, now they're in the playoffs where they're expecting to be in an automatic uh, promotion uh, position. But it's not turned out that way for them. And, so, and it looks like Steve Bruce is giving... Uh, going to get the job so we'll have to wait and see what uh, where Steve can take them Absolutely I mean he's taken Birmingham City uh, to the Premier League from the Championship that was a few years ago he's also taken Hull there a couple of times 
Uh, he didn't do very well at Aston Villa and his last job at Newcastle United um, was abysmal. However, he got a better record than Benitez at Newcastle. But Steve Bruce, I mean, you, you hear it often enough, it's a safe pair of hands. Um, whether whether Brucey now changes his philosophy slightly, I was listening to uh, Simon Jordan and he said that when he was at Crystal Palace, his philosophy was a lot different. He played on the front foot. It depends on, on how Steve wants to approach it, but my understanding is he's been offered the job. I have been following Valerian Ishmael, uh, his, his time at the Albion, his seven-month tenure, and the Albion fans from the get-go wasn't very happy with the way he played football. Again, it's all down to the philosophy and Albion are a football club that do like, the fans do like Albion to play in a certain way. Yes, you can argue that over the last few years they haven't under the likes of Pulis, etc. And Gary Megson being another one. But the Albion, as you say, back in your day, TC, they were brought up on good football, certainly under Johnny Giles and uh, Big Ron Atkinson in modern times. Well, under uh, Ashman. Uh, was it Alan Ashman? The, 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 there was one Ashman and Alan Ashman, weren't the brothers? One was at Scunthorpe, one was at uh, West Brom. Alan, I believe. Yeah. Uh, attacking, always played attacking football under mm. Ronakis and Johnny yeah. Giles. Played yeah. some great stuff. Uh, had some great players, you know. Uh, people like Brian Robson, uh, Peter Barnes, um, the guy who went to um, Real Madrid. Yeah, they had, Black, Laurie, they had Laurie Cunningham, Laurie, they had Sil Regis, Brendan Batson was there, I mean, you know, Remy Moses, the, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've had some absolutely great players Tony over Tony Brown, yeah. Tony Brown, Jeff Astle, you know, yeah. they've had plenty. Yeah, they have. Uh, Willie Henderson, you know, they, you know, plenty, plenty, plenty. Yeah. They've extended them, you know. Yeah. But plenty of great players there, so... Um, and I always have a soft foot for, for teams like West Brom because I like the way how they played when they had the certain managers. Yeah. But look, football's about winning. You know as well as I yeah. I do. I mean, uh, nobody's wrong if you get the winning for, uh, formation. Yeah. Whatever way they play, as long as you've got the winning formation. And that's what fans want to see anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so, but when you do start but, winning, you do want to start winning in style, and fans yeah. do turn towards that, don't they? After a well, period I, of time, I I always think you've got a better way of maintaining it, yeah. as long as you've got the right manager in place, yeah. than than the way that West Brom played. Um, what's his name again? Did you say? Who's that? Valerian Ishmael. Ishmael. Yeah. Um, it never seems to sustain it. That that type of football never seems to be able to sustain it. No. Having said that, whatever way you play, you still have to keep producing and getting players coming through. Not letting, letting not letting your team get too old or let the players get too old. Absolutely. I think that that's an art of of football management. But uh, you know, I'm like you. I want to see good players play football. I want to see teams play attractive football. I want to see teams trying to win football matches. Absolutely. So, so is that your only uh, magic moment or did you source any more for us this week? No, that, I've, I've only seen highlights this yeah. week because obviously my broadband's been off up yeah. until yesterday. Um, I moved last week, but uh, I've had no broadband up until Wednesday mm. of this week. They always promise it will be on for a certain day, but then it, it always gets knocked back somehow. So I haven't seen much football, you know. Yeah. Um, I watched the Rangers and Celtic game last night. Um, but other than that, um, I've, I've been moving, and obviously with Janet, with her condition. Yeah. So you're backwards and forwards trying to sort things out, and there's been no Premier League this 
this week. But um, I thought Wednesday scored an absolutely unbelievable goal, but it got disallowed the other night. You know, but it, it don't count when they, when they get disallowed, uh, Gabby. No, sadly they don't. My magic moments are a goal that should have been disallowed. Uh, Christian Bellick's goal for uh, Derby County against my team, Birmingham City. Uh, there was an offside and there was certainly a high kick. And with, with the overhead kick, if you're doing it in a crowd, nine times out of ten, that will be ruled out for dangerous play. But i got to say, I'm glad he didn't because it was a fantastic goal. Well, and you I do want to be watching goals like that, I, don't you? I wish it had been disallowed because I had uh, Birmingham 2 and up and let me down. Yeah. And but Derby scored. Obviously, I don't want to see Derby go down because, you know, there's... We're playing for Derby. I have a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah. But 2 0 up. When did they get the goals in the 90? Yeah, about 86. Yeah, about 80, yeah 80, absolutely. 86 and 96 or yeah. something like that. 95, something like that. So I must be the unluckiest man ever on a football group. <laughs> More teams being 2 0 up and 3 0 up and either driving or losing the games. It's, it's unbelievable, Jeff. It is incredible, but they do say it's a 90-minute game and uh, Derby did come good in the final throws of that game. Uh, just want to mention um, fans' behaviour in both the Albion game at Millwall and Birmingham City fans at Derby County at Pride Park singing uh, an horrible song about Derby. We're all going to party when Derby die. I thought it was absolutely bang out of order, in terrible taste. I don't want to see any football club go to the wall. Every football club is somebody's football club that they love and cherish. And I looked at it and I thought, what an absolutely disgusting uh, chance and behaviour by my supporters. Also, Birmingham City and West Bromwich Albion fans ripping up seats at the, uh, at the new den. And at uh, at Pride Park, there's been an an undercurrent of fan behaviour, bad fan behaviour recently. And I do hope that they stop. I do hope that it's stamped out. And as Alan Hudson wrote in one of his pieces, it's about time we started kneeling for uh, supporters to bloody behave themselves and started respecting each other's team rather than kneeling for an absolutely ridiculous cause. Uh, Cameron Brannigan's four penalties, TC, for Oxford. Incredible. Man, yeah. I, I think it's, that's the first time, isn't it? Apparently so, yeah, I think so. First, yeah, yeah four in. Uh, we we did cover this with Andy Blair. He was the first player to score three penalties in a League Cup game, but I think four is uh, first. And well, not... the other the the other thing about it is uh, the guy what uh, nearly what nearly went blind last season or something, didn't he? Did he really? I don't know. I yeah. don't really know too much about Cameron Brannigan. He's come come back and he's you know he's doing quite well and to, to score four penalties in one game it takes some it takes some uh, the bottle and uh, calmness to, you know to to score because obviously the, the goalkeeper is going to try and yeah. guess which way he's going to mm. go but he's had the bravery and the bottle to to put all for him back in the net. Yeah, absolutely. And while we're talking about he was ill uh, a short while ago, nice to see the guard of honour for the uh, for the lad in uh, in Dutch football. I did post it onto uh, onto the group, the current view. And uh, he's been undergoing chemo. He's got himself better, and the two teams give him a guard of honour. So that was lovely to see because that's what football for me is all about. Yes, you want to win. For me, I want to win in the right way. But it's all about making friends, not enemies, because that's what football for me is all about. And Jordan well, Moore Taylor's goal for Forest Green against Cranmere, four 0 oh, away from home. They're on fire. Oh, they are. And yeah, and, and 
they they, they go and beat Tranmere four 0 and then Tranmere bounce back uh, in, in in midweek. So it, it's incredible football, and just throw up uh, funny results at times, and you think, well, they just got beat four 0 then they go and yeah. win in midweek. So football is a it is the most unpredictable sport in in all sports. What's play for me? If football was a sex, it would be female, wouldn't it, really? Let's be honest. It's so unpredictable. <laughs> well, we better be careful what we're saying. Though, so we'll have to, they'll be having us cancelled, you know, so you have to be careful what you're saying. But going back to the uh, the crowd, but, you know, we don't want to get back to the uh, yeah. days when we when, when I were playing and Udi and them were playing. But at the same time, um, what, we, what we have to do uh, when we're talking about this, Neil, and there's more things happening in the world yeah. than to be getting down on one knee for a cause what type of cause is it that's the main thing mm. is it a george george floyd cause right yes he was wrongfully killed by a, an officer but that's for the that's for the law to sort that out and yeah. and if it's a punishment uh, that he's got then so be it but you know we've seen people we've, we've seen f- football footballers nearly for certain things and then we get mate, mate uh, mason greenwood yeah. Allegedly, you know, it's got to be proven, you know. Uh, I'm not showing no respect whatsoever outside of football. So it's a funny old world we're living in this moment in time. I, you know my feeling on the yeah. kneeling. Not, I mean, I'm not a racist. I invite anybody back to my house, want to talk to anybody. Um, but to see uh, things, what's happening in the world, and we're still kneeling, you know, uh, about certain little things in the game then for me i would i would never be kneeling but at the same time we we, we want to cut we want to cut out the uh, racism but what they're doing with racism then everything is is racist you know it's all yeah. white supremacy you know and i think it's enough a lot of people yeah it is it's um it, it really is tc and when you touched upon uh, mason greenwood we have to say at the moment it is unproven we don't know he has been arrested rearrested and now he's released on police bail but it doesn't look good for him and if it is proven that he did do it and he's guilty uh probably will not see another football shirt again apart from one uh that's got hms um the majesty service on it um, well, Mindy being another one that's it's um, incredible because, like I said to you, mm. I don't understand why he's not in the English squad. Absolutely, now, yeah, we both said that. You know as well as I do, there yeah. was a guy called Max Clifford. What would keep th- certain things out of the papers? Absolutely, finished up, finished up being getting himself in trouble because mm. at the end of the day, you know, uh, when they want to put somebody in the papers, yeah, uh, to take the, the headlines away from someone else, that's what Max Clifford did. Yeah. So something's been kept quiet with Mason Greenwood when him and uh, Foden yeah, had a little yeah. problem. So the, now I can see now why, uh, I'm, I'm not saying I can see because we don't really know, mm. but obviously there's been a behind-the-scenes problem with him. And it, uh, it, I, I do feel sorry, not not for him, because at the end of the day, he's old enough to understand what it's all about. I mm. feel sorry in the sense that uh, it's a waste of talent because the kid's, the kid's got a brilliant, yeah. brilliant future in front of him, and mm. and he could have now thrown it all away. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely too. So United are even refunding. And if it's if it's proven guilty, then he should be. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference if you're a yeah. superstar football player. Absolutely too. So. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The, you know, a non-league football player. 100%. You know, yeah. you cannot carry on uh, in your life thinking that you can get away with it because, you know, you're a multi-millionaire footballer. Yeah, no, it's absolutely disgusting to see. And United have um, offered refunds to any Manchester United fan that have got his name on the back of the shirt. So we watch uh, watch this space and see how that story unfolds. Uh, book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com, TC. Uh, first book this week I want to give a mention to, and I've just done a podcast with the, uh, the writer of it, Mr. Colin Mallam. The Len Shackleton story, what a player Shaq was. Um, what's your knowledge of Shaq? It's, again, it's only vaguely. I mean, my my knowledge of football is from the mid sixties. Yeah, sure. You know, um, I was born in fifty five, so I can like I remember this the three FA Cup, sixty four West Ham Preston, sixty five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 60, 65 Liverpool, Liverpool Leeds, sixty six Wednesday and Everton, mm-hmm. sixty seven West Brom and Everton was it. No, sixty-seven no. was uh, was Chelsea and, uh, Tottenham, and Tottenham, Tottenham, where West Brom yeah, was sixty-eight. West Brom, yeah, Man City, Leicester, sixty-nine. And, Absolutely, you know, Chelsea, Chel- so, Chelsea, and uh, and uh, obviously, and I've heard of it. I've heard of him, but yeah. the, the the footages of these 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 other great players, like you know Tom Finney and all them, is you know it's very very you see it. Absolutely, and I think that it's important for us to talk about players of the past, like Len Shackleton, like Tom Finney, like Sir Stanley Matthews, and um, Peter Doherty, and those players, and read books about them because those players should not be forgotten. Uh, forgotten, and uh, Len is in our time vault, uh, too good to be forgotten. So we're going to talk about uh, Len Shackleton to Colin a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, second book, Football's Black Pioneers by David Hearn and David Gleave. A wonderful book um, looking at the first black players of all the uh, football league clubs. And uh, your mate Viv Anderson has wrote the foreword for it. Oh, that's, that's good. I mean, obviously I played with Viv. Yeah. Uh, great, great fullback. For me, he should have scored a little, little bit more. Few, should have scored a few more goals because obviously he got terrific pace and great ability. Level, lovely level headed lad. You know, um, I think he scored his first goal uh, for Notts Forest in the game when we beat Sheffield United six one. That was a goal, a game that you scored a cracker in as well, TC. Yeah, well, I made three and scored a cracking, like you said. But uh, yeah, we've scored in that game. I helped him score that goal really because. Um, I remember Robbo playing it to the back post. I headed it back, chased back out. And 
changed the ball back out, laid it back in, and I pulled wide to get to try and get the ball off with and the full back. Uh, instead of being round covering, it, it stayed with me firm. And uh, if I got the ball, it might cause me a few problems. It left the gap open, and Viv went on to score his first goal for one out to come forest. Great player, great player. And um, we're going to be uh, leaving the podcast tonight again with the uh, tales that Maverick tell. And uh, Barry Siltman tells a wonderful story about his pal Frankie Peterson, who incidentally was Millwall's first black player. So, uh, wonderful book there that they've put together Bill Hearn and David Gleave. And finally, on Book Corner, uh, from Ronnie Radford to Roger Osborne, when the FA Cup really mattered, volume two, the 70s, by Matthew Eastley. There's a, a trilogy of that in the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And on the front there, Ronnie Radford and uh, Roger Osborne. That goal has never that goal has never been forgotten, has it? No, and it shouldn't Ronnie be. Ronnie Radford's ones. Shouldn't, shouldn't the Osborne one? He after we he scored the winner, didn't he? For uh, it switched against West Ham. Yeah, did. No, against, against Arsenal. And that was his last game, I think. I'm Arsenal, not too. Yes. Yeah, I'm not too sure about uh, about Roger. Um, but uh, but I do. He re- had a lot of problems after that game. Did he really? Yeah, he had a lot of problems. You know, when I said problems, he was like dehydrated for some unknown reason. You know, he mm. faded away. Yeah, but he he scored the goal, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, that was. Um, I mean, it wasn't the greatest of, of cup finals. Arsenal went into that game with a number of injuries, and that's no excuse. Both Malcolm McDonald and Alan Hudson uh, have, have told me about it. They they did have several injuries. They didn't really turn up on that day. They had a stewards' inquiry after Ibury before the trading session, when Alan Hudson told. Terry Neal that he picked the wrong team. It was his fault. And Neil tried to jump over the physio table and Dono grabbed him. And it all pretty much was going to kick off. And that was the last that um, Uddy was seeing of at uh, Ibury. He went on the run and then Jimmy Gabriel seen him at Stamford Bridge about six months after. And he was off for a new life in America. We're going to be talking to uh, Alan Hudson in uh, My Life, My Music. I'm recording the next one on Sunday with Huddy. And we're also going to be recording a number of little podcasts about great players they played against and with in the NASL, the fantastic NASL, where everybody played. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because obviously, play. you know, you cannot you cannot cross managers, you know, because at the end of the day, they pick the team. Oh, absolutely. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it many, 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 many times. Yeah. You know, um, and I could imagine Udi uh, not only um, telling Terry Neal that he picked the, the wrong team, that uh, he weren't a good player himself. So, and I've seen that. I've seen that with some with some players when they turn around and said to managers, "Tell me where did you play? What have you won?" Like, you know, sometimes it's not the right thing to say, but it yeah. is funny at the time. Yeah, and we uh, we've gone out with um, tales at Maverick Tale when uh, Udi was talking about uh, on the plane journey from I think it was Singapore to uh, to Sydney when he was up in the uh, lounge having a drink with Jock Steen and Terry Neal pops his head up and says, "Oh, you you've already been up here once," and he says, "Sorry, Terry, but it's been a long time since I've spoken to a good manager." <laughs> <laughs> And that was the that was the, uh, the probably the straw that broke the camel's back, and and Uddy and uh, Malcolm McDonald ended up coming back from uh, Australia twenty four hours before the Arsenal team. See when you when you sign for a club, mm. uh, you know, 
you think you're going to get on with that managing and for some unknown reason, it, sometimes it just does not work. Yeah. You know, when you look at Udi, especially Udi with technical ability, I mean, Malcolm was a goal scorer. Yeah. But Udi was technical, his technical ability was in second to none in the country. Mm. Second to none. And, you know, you got great players around at the time, especially midfield, you know, Curry, Paul, Tolin Bell, there were stacks of them, but yeah. Udi, you know, make no mistake, Udi was, if not in the top one, he was bang up there. Yeah, but I mean, Bawley didn't get on with Terry Neal, neither did Supermac and Alan Hudson. They yeah, were... I know Bawley hated, hated Terry Neal. <laughs> no, that's a strong word. He didn't no, he like just disliked him, him absolutely. Yeah, disliked him, yeah, yeah, disliked him and it didn't work. We did reference uh, Newcastle United and Ronnie Radford's goal. And on this day, on the 5th of February 1972, Eriford knocked out Newcastle in a third, ra- third round replay. And I did a... a my 70s football podcast with Pat Howard and it's uh, it is up on on our socials and Pat was <laughs> telling me about that goal it went over his head and he he thought that's got half a chance of going in and what a strike and as you say I'm it was goal of the season now when you were, when you when you mentioned his name as you were talking early on in the, in yeah. the podcast I can still see the goal now yeah imagine that when everybody after the game come running onto the pitch you know it's still clear in my head yeah, it was a tremendous game. Game of the goal, and, you know, all the put on Newcastle. They've, got, they've had some stick over the years. They've been knocked out by some really, really poor, when I said poor teams, poor teams For to them, what Newcastle's yeah. standard was. Absolutely. And and it is, as, as Pat says, it is embarrassing when you get knocked out by a non-league team. I mean, no, no disrespect to the non-league team, but if you're a professional team in the first division, getting knocked out by a non-league you team... You don't expect it. No, you, you don't. don't and Leeds United did, uh, I think, the season know, before, didn't they, Colchester? Those Wimbledon, were the... Wimbledon got a, uh, a draw out of them. And then Sunderland beat them. I mean, Sunderland's not a small club, but it was a second division club when they beat them in the final. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you look at the 70s and you look at the the giant killing acts of the 70s, Leeds United being beaten by Colchester and Newcastle being beaten by Hereford, those were the big two. Um, yeah. Fantastic results for uh, for both um, Hereford and for Colchester. Strange but true, TC. Newcastle United took the FA Cup with them on tour to South Africa in 1952. And this was the first time that the coveted trophy had left the British Isles. Right. I tell you, you, you bring some great uh, knowledge to us all on football matters, you know. I mean, I didn't know that, but... Uh... I mean, Newcastle were a strong team for Cups, weren't they? Yeah, they in were. In the 50s. Absolutely. You know, but they've been starved of success for so many years. Can this new owner get it right? We'll just have to wait and see. Again, I hope so, because I wish all teams the very best. In fact, I was looking um, online earlier, Nathan Jones celebrating his uh, their win at, uh, at Swansea with the, uh, the Luton fans. And... Uh, I mean, he was a, he's a Cardiff boy, so beating Swansea, he's a, you know... A big a, thing a, for a, Yeah, great achievement for him. But he actually, he runs into the crowd. He's there, like, giving it the old big uns with the, uh, as they're all going, Nathan Jones's you know, barmy army. He's literally running into him and he's celebrating with him. He's such a passionate manager. I'm, I'm, I'm really sad that it didn't go well for him at Stoke. 
because I do like, again, I do like Stoke. But it's great to see him doing well again at Luton Town. And I went on there and uh, on their uh, Luton Town there at the Facebook page and wished them all the very, very best. Because I'd love to see passionate people and good people doing well in the great game. Well, you don't expect, they won't say you don't expect, they always say don't go back. Yes, they do, yeah. Uh, don't go back again mm. to the same club because he had success. Yes, he had success. Yeah, uh, and he, they played some good stuff, some attract, some attractive football. And uh, he'd gone to Stoke for some unknown reason. It just did not work there. The Stoke looked shocking. Yeah, yeah, and I mean looked shocking. Mm. But having said that, they come down. They wanted to get rid of players, so they would have had to change, you know, uh, change players to you know cut the cost. Uh, yep. But he's gone back to Luton, and you know, terrific what he's done again at Luton. To play some good stuff. I mean, I, I don't mind watching Luton play football. Under Davy Pleat, I always thought Luton were a great team. Yeah, they were. But uh, under Nathan Jones, they play some good stuff. I don't like watching them, me. Yeah, and you like playing against them as well, too, so didn't you? It was oh, always good for a goal against Luton. <laughs> they still yeah, remember Sheffield that. Sheffield United, <laughs> I always used to I could do well. Leeds United, what another team I always used to do well against. You know, and all all the teams I played against, I can't remember me having too too many bad games. Absolutely, TC. And Druids from Ruaban were the first Welsh club to enter the FA Cup. Right. Yeah, I didn't know again, that. Again, they, 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 no. Again, I bet there's not many of you now. I bet the people in in, in, the, in the Welsh non-leagues will, will know of it, but not many people would know of it. No. And another well, one. Not many football fans would know of it. I should say. The, it is claimed that the phrase, the beautiful game, was coined in honour of the appreciation of Peter Doherty's magical qualities. I never knew that as well. What a player he was. I, you're a great player. I, I mean, I don't, again, I've only heard of him. And Absolutely, same here. What, a lot of, a lot of uh, old players, what, when, when, you, when you don't play yourself, and they talk about these, these great players, you know when they talk about when, when great players talk about other great players, what yeah. great players that you know uh, he, he was. You know because it's not just one; it, it'd be ten, twenty, thirty great players sp- spoke about him. You know, absolutely too. So time vault, um, too good to be forgotten. Leonard Francis Shackleton, born on the third of May, nineteen twenty-two, in Bradford. So up your neck of the woods. Sadly, passed away. On the 27th, the 11th, 2000. He went to Park Avenue after uh, 1940. He was at, he was a, well, we're going to listen to uh, Colleen uh, Mallon and myself do the podcast and talk about Shaq um, and his time at Arsenal briefly. But he went to Bradford Park Avenue, 40 to 46. Um, he then moved in 1946 to 48 to Newcastle. Played 57 games, scoring 26 goals for Newcastle. Then he moved to Sunderland, 48 to 1957, where he played 320 league games, scoring just under 100 league goals, so with cup games well over 100. And in 1948 to 1954, he played five times for England, scoring one goal and also played cricket for the minor counties. Well, I caught up with Colin Mallon, who wrote the book... uh, the Clown Prince of Soccer, the Len Shackleton story. And uh, this is what he got to say. Colin Mallon, uh, welcome to 
too good to be forgotten. Today we're going to be talking about Len Shackleton, or rather Leonard Francis Shackleton, born on the 3rd of May 1922. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media, or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.